So, folks, we, we've talked about a lot of different thorny and troubling topics on Backstory and some fun stuff. And, and this is something that could potentially be fun. And yet we've been pretty tied up in knots about how to handle something like cursing. And I'm curious, given what we're used to dealing with, why this presented such a challenge for us. Not since our producers told us we were doing a show on the history of fashion have I been so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am tied up in knots. I, I just interviewed people who used language that I would never use in public. I would never use in private. And I kind of felt like if I'm embarrassed by this, I don't want to impose that on our listeners, even though we warn them up front. But you know what's so striking about that is think about the power of those words, the amount of energy that we are now expending trying to decide if we should say them or not. Think about what that says about how powerful those words are. Some of those words have deep historical meanings, and some of them are what should we say, kind of disembodied or disconnected from particular historical moments. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be certain histories that and images and parts of the past that get conjured by certain curse words. And so certain words are innocuous. You, know, you think about a word like piss or shit that doesn't really carry the same kind of gravity as the, the dreaded quote-unquote N-word, right? Mm -hmm. um, or any number of words associated with gay people or women. Um, you know, th there's a there's a violence that's behind the language, and there's a violence that often accompanied the use of particular kinds of terms that I think, at a visceral level, we're, we're all aware of. And so, mm -hmm. rather than take that lightly, I think we enter the conversation about cursing with a certain amount of caution. Yeah, I think that that's important. You know, I, I got to share with you guys something around this as well. You know, I had a chance to teach um, an FBI file uh, of the Tulsa race riot of 1921. Wow. And reading the FBI file is is a remarkable w window into the politics of cursing, it, it turns out. So this is from the 1921 uh, episode, the riot in Tulsa. And the agent is giving what seems like a pretty clinical account. And he's talking about the sheriff and the local county marshal and, and other law enforcement. And he's using air quotes or, you know, quotes around the word, the N-word, um, and they're, as they're talking about a lynching that they're trying to execute against uh, an African-American who was accused of assaulting a white woman. And eventually, the quotation marks just disappear, and the mm. agent himself simply uses the N-word as a mm. pronoun for the African-Americans he's describing in Tulsa. Mm. There, there's a second aspect to this, which is in order to justify the actions that are taken by the white mob, the field agent describes how many African-Americans in response to the threatened lynching were basically muttering and cursing. And that's a quote. Then armed Negroes standing off to one side, muttering and cursing. And this was in the presence of white women. And it was a way of capturing this as a particularly unrespectable group of black mm -hmm. people who might have, in fact, been um, deserving of what happened in the subsequent right. aftermath wow. of the riot. Nathan, I have to ask, when do the air quotes disappear? Well, if you can imagine a 14-page document, it's about on page two. But what is your hypothesis as to why he just drops the pretense? Well, I, th I actually think it's because, you know, the government and the agents of the government in 1921, you know, law enforcement – by and large, are, you know, adopting racist ideas. And, you know, mm -hmm. they can pretend to have 
a certain objective distance, but, you know, this is a word that they're quite comfortable right. using. It wears off by page two. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it, it becomes a simple synonym for people of color, wow. black people. Hmm. But this is one of those things that, again, I think it speaks to our own struggles with this is that you know, sometimes when you get a little bit familiar, when you get deeper into the conversation, you let certain kinds of decorum slip, right? And, and I wonder mm-hmm. if, if there's a certain feeling that we have about being on the airwaves, right, about being recorded that might be different if we were in informal conversation and letting the, the, the words kind of fly fast and loose. You would think that being on the airwaves, whether that means radio or TV, would mean that you would be hyper-conscious. However, mm. um, I can say that I have the honor of having been bleeped for profanity on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne. And it, I know, it's shocking, it's shocking. Well, and I, after I did it, I worried about it for like three months until the show aired really? because I thought, oh my gosh, what does it mean? Are people going to look down on me for having said the word? Um, it was a documentary about Alexander Hamilton, and I was asked what people at the time thought about him. And it's not even that horrible a word. And I said, oh, people at the time considered him an arrogant, irritating asshole. And when mm. I watched the documentary, asshole was bleeped. Right. (laughs) And it was fascinating to me that I uttered it. I was trying to capture the strong emotion of people at the time. Mm. Then suddenly it caught me up in it, and I began to be really worried about what people would think that I used it. And then I became sort of bizarrely proud of myself for having gotten the bucket list accomplishment of being bleeped on PBS. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a lot more engaged with saying that word than, than I would have assumed there would be. So is there something about cursing that we can put into perspective? In other words, to say that there are certain words that, you know, in some ways, in the case of someone like Hamilton, you know, for the sake of history, we just have to say, be willing to say there's something unique about Hamilton's character that's captured by the term asshole. And, And is it historian's discretion, basically, to say, well, I'm being the most accurate when I roll out these particular kinds of words? Well, I mean, here's the thing that strikes me about all of these words. I kind of hinted at it earlier. You know, I said how powerful they are and how striking that is. But part of the reason they're powerful, as you suggested before, Nathan, has to do with the historical baggage. Part of it has to do that these are words that inherently have so much emotion attached to them. And whether that's Mm -hmm. anger or hatred or passion or fear, um, they kind of zoom in on something that's really powerful and direct, which... I did without even meaning to when I was trying to capture people's feelings about Hamilton during that early time period. But that's part of what gives them their power is that in and of themselves as words, they're, they're such powerful emotional statements. So I think we're in a moment now where we're, we're coming to a crossroads as a society about what words we'll consider to be profane. Um, because, you know, Infamously, I suppose now, the president was heard in what was presumed to be a private conversation um, in a very public setting, but not recorded, calling uh, people or calling countries from the southern part of the world, shithole countries. And news organizations had to figure out if they were going to bleep or to say the word and, and what the politics around that were. As a candidate, Trump used foul language and was caught on tape using that. And again, news organizations were, were forced to, to think about that. And now again, with a more recent speech at the Convention for Conservatives um, in Baltimore, Maryland, um, he was caught saying bullshit. And the news organizations yet again had to figure how to carry the words of the leader of the country. And I guess my question is, 
in light of all these, you know, now serial crises of censorship and language, are those terms going to be considered more acceptable? If you run that on mainstream media, it, does it lose the taboo of saying a word like shit hmm. or bitch or bullshit? You know, it's interesting. I, I totally agree with that, that we become familiarized with them. And the more we become familiarized, the less bad or, you know, banned they seem and the more the easier it is for us to say them. But at the same time that that is the case, and that might become the case with the word bullshit, the fact that the president said that word suggests something about his character, which is why, you know, I, I think it's important for us to know that he said that word, right? So mm -hmm. that at the same time that we're stating here that him saying that might make it not mean something, the fact that he said it does mean something at this current moment, and that both of those things are true at the same time. So you guys are not going to like this question, but I'll ask both of you, uh -oh. doesn't the fact that he said that make him even more authentic to at least 45% of the American public? The data on yeah. this is clear, right? You're, yeah. you're more trustworthy, right, <laughs> if you're right. caught cursing. And so, yeah, it means, it means somehow that you're telling the truth because you're not, you know, using elliptical language right. or, or spinning tales. You're not censoring yourself. I'll point to a historical moment that strengthens what you just said, and that's Richard Nixon cursing like a sailor mm -hmm. in the Watergate tapes, mm -hmm. not in public. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what Donald Trump is doing in some ways is being authentic by using the same language, ostensibly, although it may be far worse in private, mm. using some of the same language that he uses in private in front of millions of people. And that adds to this patina for some of, quote, authenticity. Because he said it, because it, number one, will, as you're suggesting, Brian, will make him seem authentic, but also because it is still a dirty word, that part of what he accomplished by saying it, and I believe he said it more than once, is that it will stand out to people because it's not normally what you expect someone to say. Right. And when we think about the things he was saying it about, the Mueller investigation, that's the word that's going to pop into our heads. Yes, it's a bullshit mm. witch hunt. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 